Welcome back to Sleep Before Performance Radio. Today is Audio Abstract Day. Today we're going to be looking at a systematic review. So this is a little bit different than just an isolated study on its own. This is where the authors um, basically scour the literature, look on many different sort of databases such as PubMed, Google Scholar, maybe within a library, um, an online type of library, looking for as much literature that's associated with a topic and then drills down to which one of those papers are the most relevant and are there to answer the research question or are selected based upon a number of key words. So that's really what a systematic review is. And as we go through the systematic review today, we'll, um, we'll kind of flesh out a little bit more how that systematic review works. So today we're going to look at something a little bit different. And it's something that we actually haven't looked at um, from a podcast episode or something we really haven't delved into before. And we're going to look at a systematic review by an author called Sandia Kajipta. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Again, probably not. I'll put the link to this full paper in the show notes and you can go there yourself and have a look at the full paper. This was published in Sleep Medicine in 2015 in March and was published online and the full paper is available so there is no paywall for this. The title of this systematic review is Adverse Childhood Experiences Are Associated with Adult Sleep Disorders, a Systematic Review. So the Adverse Childhood Experience is a 10-point questionnaire that is a self-reported measure which gives you basically a score at the end of the 10. So the higher you score, the more chance or the more likely is you've had um, adverse childhood experiences, as the title suggests. And it kind of asks a lot of questions based around abuse, neglect, trauma, uh, social, emotional and cognitive development issues. And all of these things really indicate uh, a higher risk of developing health problems in adulthood. And it's interesting looking at some of the data because when you look at um, the AS, the Adult Childhood um, Experience Questionnaire, in isolation on its own, looking at it in relation to sleep disorders, the, the higher you score on that, the more it's related with social problems, behavioural problems, relationship problems, uh, higher rates of abuse with smoking, alcohol, recreational drugs, and even associated with early death. Um, you can go and take this test yourself online and download one of these um, ace questionnaires and see how you score on it if you're interested for your own self um, and see some of the data how this is linked but today we're going to look at how the ace um, questionnaire sort of relates to sleep disorders so it's estimated that about 50 percent of youth in the u.s um, experience adverse childhood experiences and so this really, you know, has significant or substantial threats to public health and can really affect people into their adult life. The potential is here that the adverse childhood experiences from what they've experienced as, as a kid may, in fact, lead to such sleep disorders. And so the paper will get into this as we go along. So let's, talk, let's take a look at um, how they actually drilled down and selected these papers. So for this systematic literature review, they looked at a database called Embase, which returned 518 results, PubMed, 87, and Web of Science, 282. Now, they use a number of keywords to search um, in this, and so 
They looked for things like childhood, adverse, abuse, sleep, and so on. That went into the search terms in these databases. And in total, this returned 887 potential abstracts from the scientific literature that may be included. Now, to go through those papers and look to see if those keywords are relevant or have a look at the abstracts, which is quite a lengthy process. And from this, then, 781 were excluded. This left 106 potentially uh, full-text articles left that were eligible for inclusion. Then they start looking for duplications or um, any sort of, uh, yeah, duplications or sort of um, doubling up of the literature here. And so there was uh, 54 left after this. Then there was further papers reduced because the ACE wasn't used or adult sleep disorders or disturbances were not an outcome or there was no primary data collection or analysis. So that left a total of 30 articles. So you can see here from starting at the very top, with 887, there was only 30 left. Now, if you are not involved in science or you haven't done research, this is actually quite normal from systematic reviews. We've often seen systematic reviews that start at 1,500 and end up at actually nine. So this just shows the difficulty in searching for validated scientific results um, on these databases. So you have to be really careful about um, what you read in the context of a research question. So there was 30 left here for inclusion, and they were all included into the systematic review. Now, one of the limitations of this, although discussed at the end of the paper, is that 28 of these 30 studies were retrospective. And so you're recalling there, um, you potentially have a recall bias there. So people are recalling from memory. And so it's very difficult with those studies to be guaranteed that the data is current and reflective. And we all know that subjective and even retrospective type data is hard. If you even think to yourself, what's the gesture? I'm sure many of you are scratching your head now going, I have no idea what it is just, uh, never mind trying to think back to 20 or 30 years ago. Another thing in this paper as well is, um, whilst there was some breakdown of ethnic groups and so on, there was no breakdown by um, uh, multiple race groups or ethnic groups. And another thing I didn't see within this study as well, there was no impact on socioeconomic groups either. Um, or looking at that. And we know from some other studies that people who grew up in poor neighborhoods, and there was some studies in America last year that found in some, uh, I suppose, probably poor neighborhoods or where there was lots of violence, that there was sleep-related issues due to things like gunshots or violence outside on the street, which all impact the ability to, to fall asleep and stay asleep. So a few little limitations up front about this um, systematic review. In saying that, there is some good um, good findings from this as well. Increase in epidemiology uh, evidence documenting an association between this AS questionnaire and subjective sleep quality. Now, if you remember from other podcast episodes or other discussions that subjective sleep quality is basically self-reported, where people use a questionnaire or some sort of um, scale to report sleep. In this case here, there was a number of studies used uh, using the PSQI, which is the Pittsburgh Sleep Quality Index, to assess sleep quality. And there was associations here between PSQI and the ACE. So the higher the ACE, um, sorry, the higher the sleepiness or the poorer the sleep for the person of the quality, the higher the ACE score. So there's association there. But also as well, um, it was reported here that sleep disorders were related with the PSQI as well. Now, there was a further 
correlation here with the PSQI where they looked at childhood trauma questionnaire CTQ and found that the mean CTQ scores to be positively associated with the PSQI as well and these were statistical, uh, statistically significant so the p-value was less than 0.05 and in some cases here it was 0.001 so this really shows that poor sleep quality is associated with um, when measured by the PSQI is correlated with the ACE scores as well. Now, the ACEs also relate to just sleep disturbances overnight. So it mightn't be a specific sleep um, disorder, but it would be sleep disturbances. And so some of the findings here were pretty interesting because self-reported sleep disturbances were also linked to sexual abuse, uh, physical abuse, and just general abuse in childhood. Now, in addition to that, uh, physical abuse and subjective sleep disorders were also found to be related. And there was significant association with the A score and people falling asleep and staying asleep. And so the A categories of the A score uh, were related to that as well. These included emotional abuse, witnessing domestic violence, household substance abuse, household mental illness, parental separation, divorce, and household member imprisonment. So these were all related to this kind of uh, sleep disturbances and the inability or the difficulty in falling asleep and staying asleep. When we look at the relationship between ACE and more objective measures of sleep, and objective measures, as you may recall from other podcasts and papers, is wrist activity monitoring, so a device, or maybe using uh, polysomnography, PSG. And so it's a very interesting study here in the systematic review that looked at 63 military veterans, and they reported that early life trauma uh, assessed using a trauma history questionnaire was not statistically significant, uh, sorry, statistically significantly correlated with rapid eye movement latency, percentage of REM, number of REM periods, REM micro arousals, or any of these things measured via polysomnography. And there were similar null findings were noted when sleep quality was assessed using the PSQI. However, what was interesting here is that the childhood trauma, when it was scored high, resulted in more REM fragmentation uh, when assessed using polysomnography. And more generally, we find that basically the higher the A score, so the higher you score on an A score, and that's 0 to 10, or 10 questionnaires, the higher the chance of developing or having a sleep disorder. And these were linked to things like sleep apnea, narcolepsy, and sleep paralysis. What's really interesting as well is that family conflict was more associated with insomnia, so the inability to fall asleep, stay asleep, or even waking up early. And then when they looked at specifically with women, sexual abuse led to more uh, sleep disturbances overnight as well. So really overall, it's kind of saying this systematic review, although it's retrospective type studies and it's looking back and it's self-reported 28 out of 30 of those, we can start drawing some conclusions from looking at this data. We can see that um, any sort of um, high prevalence of A scores from childhood when recalled or if people are subjected to those traumatic events, that it may not just accept, affect them emotionally or how they develop as humans in later life, but it may lead to these other adverse health outcomes, such as these type of sleep disorders that we've, we've noticed today uh, by going through this paper. And so at the end of the systematic review, there's obviously a discussion and we put this into context about adult sleep and, and what can be done. And although more um, probably research needs to be done prospectively, um, it, which can be difficult and costly, 
we do see that there is a mounting mount, there is a, a mounting body of evidence suggesting that AS and sleep disorders are associated regardless of mental health status as well. So what can we take away from today's paper? Well, if we have high A scores, maybe we need to seek, uh, from a personal perspective, seek, seek some help around that, especially if we do have a sleep disorder or we have poor health or we're not doing so good. So maybe we need to go and reach out to clinical psychologists or other uh, bodies or you know, employee assistance programs in your workplace or so on, or maybe talk to some friends to, to, get refer- to get some help in identifying some treatment patterns. But also, as well, more importantly, what can we do to stop this happening? Um, you know, where we're, um, where we are raising kids, so we need to be mindful if we do have kids, you know, in our care, our own kids, or we're looking after other people's kids, or even younger people, that we don't make their life too traumatic. Um, and maybe if we are surrounded by people who we think maybe in jeopardy are young people, maybe we need to look out for those or speak up for those kids and and seek help as well. So. This AS questionnaire is a pretty interesting one to go and have a look at um, in terms of its effects on later life. And today we've only taken a very short time to have a look at a sliver of the data in how it relates to sleep. And um, yeah, quite a very interesting paper, systematic review. Uh, In the show notes, there is a link to this full text, um, which also gives all the references for the text as well. I'll also put a link there to some other information about the adverse childhood experience. And... um, I hope you enjoyed this short audio abstract today. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Sleep for Perform, on Facebook, Sleep for Performance. You can head over to www.sleepforperformance.com.au to get some more information. And um, yeah, that's all for this week. We will be back next week with another audio abstract. We're also busy recording season three of the Sleep for Performance podcast. We've got some interesting guests coming up for you. We're currently doing an overhaul of the website, which I know is difficult to navigate. And we are also looking at cutting down on our output of MailChimp and uh, communications and just moving to a monthly newsletter as well. And we're hoping to add more value to the listeners of Sleep for, for Performance Radio and those who follow Sleep for Performance um, on the website. So until next week, sleep well. <laughs>